you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Lamar Jackson versus Tom Brady. The three and four Ravens getting ready to take on the three and four Buccaneers. Four and three, three and four tonight. Thursday night football. Uh, you can watch that game on Prime Video and on NFL Plus. Yeah. Neither team's record really reflects the importance of this game, but let me tell you, if these two are going head-to-head and it's on primetime, importance with capital I as we welcome you in to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We're live. We're in New York yep. City. Uh, it's Thursday, October 27th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. It's Kyle Brandt, Peter oh. Schrager, and Sean O'Hara is here this morning. Uh, Rutgers called, and they wanted to up enrollment. So you are here, but yeah. Jason McCourty is also in Tampa Bay because he is calling the game on the radio. J-Mac! How you guys doing? As you see, the sun has come out. I'm still looking for Sarah Walsh. I haven't found her. She should be here. This is her job. I feel like I'm an NFL insider right now. I'm bringing you, I guess I don't have any breaking news, so I'll just pretend like I'm an insider without any inside information, I guess you can say. You'll fit right in. That's it. It's perfect here. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> You left me hanging twice now. R! Oh. You! There's so much chat. There we I go. Can, Thank I, you. I got you. Never going to leave you hanging, Sean. Yeah, Greg Schiano, great, great time down there. In yeah, absolutely. Um, stick around, Jay. We're going get to get to you on the back end of the lead block. lead block. Lead block. Lead block. Oh, dear, the Buccaneers and Tom Brady fans. Um, look the other way. This week seven loss to Carolina, the footage, it's not pretty. It's, 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 at times, it's a little bit painful. This isn't the Tom Brady you expected. It's not what you love about Tom Brady. This isn't the Buccaneers' performance any of us really saw coming. And Tom Brady himself knows that. I want to score in every quarter, and it, you're right. It's been a tough start to the games, and that's why we're playing from behind, and that's why, you know, you know, sometimes we make it easier on the opponents than we want because they get to do exactly what they want, and we don't. I think there's, a, there's always hope, and then there's reality, and the only thing you really focus on is what the reality of the situation is, and that's, you know, we haven't played our best football. Um, we have a lot of quality players. And uh, we got we got to do a better job playing well. And, um, you know, you got to take it one week at a time. Everything's different. You know, it, things could change after this game, too. And things could change the week after that and the week after that and the week after that. That sounds like a line from Rudy. There's hope sure. and then there's reality. <laughs> well, Tom Brady could use a guy like Rudy, a storyline like Rudy at this point this season because reality is staring Tom Brady right in the face. The Buccaneers are struggling. They are in a deep funk. And despite sitting on top of the NFC South at three and four, the faith is, an, is a word that comes up. How much faith do we have in the Buccaneers' ability to snap out of said funk, Peter? 2019. Jason McCourty was on the squad, and I know he's not at the table at the moment, but I'm sure he's listening. Um, 
the Patriots were bad. They had like a bad stretch, like towards like November, December. And Brady was frustrated. And he couldn't get it going. He was throwing at guys like Jacoby Myers, who had just gotten to the team. And he was, you could tell that it was the end of times for Brady and the Patriots. And down the stretch, it was one of these things like, is is Brady done? Is Brady really done? Like, is he done? And Brady was able to take this team and, like, find a way and, and, and just muster up enough victories down the stretch and get this team to the playoffs like he always does. It wasn't pretty, but he found a way. And, you know, the year before that was, was the Rams Super Bowl year, and they had a little lull, and they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. We remember that. And I'll never forget, they have this America's Game, the, the, the yeah. film, right? And the America's Game, and Brady's done already at this point. Brady's done five of them at this point. And it's usually, you get uh, the former, you know, you get the former player, you get the coach, you go, they tell the story of the season. They go week by week by week. And the America's Game, most of it was Nate Burles and I at this table saying the same exact things we're saying now. Brady's toast, mm-hmm. Brady's done, Brady doesn't have it. And we look stupid. And uh, thank you, NFL Films, for using us. And th- thank you, NFL Films, for making me look like an idiot. But it was all <laughs> my face. I don't think that because you were positive on Brady. Yes. You were like, Brady's going to make it. He's going to do it. And I, me and Nate were like, this, is, this might be it. Like, it's okay. He's okay. had a lot of great. This might be it. This right. But, but I've, I've doubted Brady before. And I've doubted Brady uh, in years where he has had less talent around him. And I've doubted Brady in divisions that were better than this one. I still have faith, and I am not going to point to the film and show you like the good things that Russell Gage can do when he gets back on the field yeah. or kind of tell you the importance of Sean Murphy bunting once he gets back on the roster. <laughs> I'm just saying Brady. I have faith in Brady, and I have enough egg on my face of covering this game of doubting Brady in the past, right. and I'm not going to get off this ship. I think Brady can still turn this thing around. Yeah, no doubt. You just showed video of him and the Patriots struggle and then bouncing back. Look, it just happened two years ago, right? We were, we were talking week eight, week nine. We came yeah. wrong with Brady's deep ball. He hadn't completed one in weeks, and then they went Saints on. Saints blowing him out. Fix everything and it went on an unbelievable run and won the Super Bowl. So, look, it's not just about faith in Brady right now, though. This is a different team. And I think one of the things that's missing right now, and, and everybody's focused on, wow, did you see Brady yelling his offensive mm-hmm. line? No, mm-hmm. he, like he was holding them accountable. All right, Brady, oh, but Brady was at the wedding and he missed the walkthrough. You know what? Like, forget about that stuff. Tom Brady is the one that's handing notes to his receivers saying, this is what I need from you this week. Here's what I need from my tight end. All right, when we run this play, I need you to run this route against this coverage. He's breaking down film, giving notes to everybody. The thing that we're missing right now is we're missing Bruce Arians. All right, we're missing BA. Because guess what? BA kept everybody on point. Let's get it. BA into wasn't scared to, like to, to whip into Tom Brady's, you know what? Yeah. All right, he wasn't scared to get into the officials. Right. Like, BA, I mean, I don't know if that was a defibrillator he had on his chest or whatever, but I miss yeah. him on the sideline. Like, he looked like he had a panic button that he was just jamming on it. And that's what they're missing, that fire on the sideline. So Brady knows, look, B.A.'s out here. He's not cussing anybody out. In the heat of the moment, right, Kyle? You either kiss or you cuss. Well, look, B.A. was ready to cuss, all right? Here's what they've got right now. This is about the extent of what they're going to get from their head coach right now. Here's Todd Bowles talking about what his team needs to do okay. and how they need to focus. No, they, they have to play four quarters, you know. It's really a focus thing, and, and there are things that – We've done every day, all day, and I can't explain why at this time, but the thing that happened yesterday in the fourth quarter, uh, in the second half especially, the three busts we had that really cost us some things were inexcusable and some things we put in day one since we've been here. So it wasn't something that had to be taught or recoached or retaught. We just got to focus and we got to learn how to have a killer instinct and finish four quarters. That's Todd Bowles scolding his team. Totally different than B.A. B.A. is going to get after it and go. But now, what I will point out about Todd Bowles, this is, this is the way that he coaches. 
Like, when your head coach comes out and says, you guys need to focus. Like, these are things we put in on day one. Yeah. I coach my son's ninth grade football team, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't ever get on them if it's a new drill or if it's something new that we've If it's something that we have done since the very first practice, like, you get a little upset, you get a little heated. That's, that was Todd Bowles basically calling the players out saying, mm-hmm. look, this is on you. You need to focus. This stuff we've put practicing since our first day of practice. Day one stuff. In training camp. Yeah. Like, uh, you just got called out by Todd Bowles. Still a fan, Can they turn it around? Yeah, I think they could turn it around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they have different styles, certainly. Um, A couple weeks ago, I was watching Fox NFL kickoff. Our friend Peter Schrager is on this show. And there was a segment in your show, Peter, where Sean Payton was asked about the Rams and can they end up back in, like, the top ten offensively in the league. And he thought not because once you dig yourself a hole statistically, it's kind of like getting a D on a test, which I did very often. Hard to build that GPA back up. Um, It was an interesting point to make because it's really easy to start out on top and, I think, maintain. It. If you dig yourself a hole, it's hard to climb out of. And that's how I feel the Buccaneers are at right now. Uh, the numbers that they have put up so far this season, such a challenge. Um, 17.7 points per game. That is 26 in the NFL. Last year at this time, they were at 33.3. I know scoring's down. I get that. But this is Tom Brady. Half, Look at the names that are on this team. This isn't Tom Brady with wide receivers. I know they're injured. I know. But Sometimes the weight is just too heavy, even for one Tom Brady. And they're playing the Ravens tonight. I just don't think this is the game that they're going to turn things around against. The Buccaneers have had a hard time getting out on top early in a game. They have trailed in five of their seven games this season. The Ravens, they have outscored opponents in the first half 105-60 mm-hmm. to 60 mm-hmm. in the first half. Mm-hmm. I, I just It's hard. Once you're in the hole, it's hard to come out. Yeah, they, they scored three points against Carolina last week. Yeah. They're going to come back against Baltimore. But can the, can the Bucs save this thing yeah I think so because I don't have faith in the Bucks right now do you have faith in anybody else I, I think of myself as a parent you want to sit down the kid and, you know just watch something on TV you go to the Netflix and I'm not looking for something that's great I'm kind of just looking for the least bad thing mm-hmm. to put on in front of them like no weapons no scaries nothing here's the options we have right now bring them up like find the least bad thing here guys this is what he's dealing with to keep Tom Brady out of the playoffs and to have it go down in flames in this final season, I mean, come on. We, we got Mariota, who has had some nice flashes this year, but the Falcons can't seem to get over the hump. P.J. Walker, very nice story. Andy Dalton, who apparently is the starter going forward for the Saints, even though James is healthy. This is it. Um, this I, I can't imagine Brady going down like this. You remember, if you're in our parents' generation, Ali at the end of his career getting outclassed by Trevor Burbick. Or Mike Tyson for our generation, like getting knocked out by Danny Williams. Like it was just like, oh God, this can't be it. Can't watch it. I, I can't see Brady having his first healthy non-playoff season because you know Andy Dalton and the Saints knocked him out at or eight and nine. At eight and nine, yeah, not, like a sub five hundred. What's season. fascinating is like Peyton Manning never really had like a crappy season. Brady's Early on, his first year doesn't count. Yeah. When he became Peyton Manning, like Brady's never had one. He's never had, oh man, we just got away from us and we were seven and nine. This would be a first for him. Peyton never had the six and ten season ever. And that's what Brady's staring at. It would be history, but I just can't see it. Yes, Jamie. But the, 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 the faces. Literally hitting the table. I know, it's bothering me because the faces you put up, like, it's Tom Brady. He is not placated by beating a division with those quarterbacks. Like, even if he wins out of this division and he loses in the yeah. first round of the playoffs, he is not going to be happy. Like, oh, I yeah, think- we're not talking about the playoffs. I'm just saying, like, can they get there? Can they save this thing? Yeah. 
Yeah, and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. I don't think the Patriots or the Buccaneers are going to win the Super Bowl, but like, you got to get through this gauntlet to get to the playoffs. Like, come on, Tom. You got to be able to beat these guys. Yeah. Although he lost one of them last week and scored three points. <laughs> Maybe Jason knows more. Maybe he does. He's sitting yeah. in Tampa Bay. Maybe he's got the vibes coming from the field behind him to tell us what I wanna is know. going on M- there. McCourty, did you hear me and Nate trashing you guys when you were yeah. in the Patriots? Or was that just, you know, the NFL films people putting us in a bad spot? No, we, we, we heard all of you guys, Peter. So we were definitely trying to figure that thing out and turn around. <laughs> so when I started the show, I could look Peter in the face and say, you doubted us. And we figured out how <laughs> to get it done. But I'm right with you, Kyle. Like, legends never die. I'm riding with Tom Brady. It's like when you're a kid, you fall in love with wrestling and you love the Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Rock, Triple H, and somebody tells you it's fake. And then 20 years later, you're still watching wrestling because you love your heroes. They're your idols. And that's how I am for Tom Brady. Like... I won a Super Bowl with this guy. He helped me get my first ring, my first ever opportunity to get to the playoffs and actually do something. And you can see the way I'm looking at him right now. Like, my wife would hope and pray that I look at her the way I'm looking at Tom Brady after they just whooped us in Tampa last year. But I love this guy. He's always figured out how to get it done, and I have no reason to think that. And, Kyle, like you said, the season may not be what he set out for it to be and Super Bowl champs or contenders or anything of that nature. He's had seasons where he's played well. They've made it to the playoffs. Like Peter was just saying in 2019, we lose to the Titans in a wild card game. But it wasn't that awful, terrible season that I think would be very hard to go out on. So Tom's going to figure this thing out. And like you said, that gauntlet of their division, he'll figure out a way to end up on top. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's time for Thursday Night Preview Odds presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We are just hours away from Ravens Buccaneers on Prime Video, also available on NFL+. Plus. Here's what DraftKings is offering for Tom Brady to throw a 305-plus tonight, and at least 95 of those yards are going to go to Mike Evans. And then on the other side of the ball, Lamar Jackson, he's to have 80-plus rushing yards tonight. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and this week, new customers can bet $5 on any team and pocket $200 if they win. Download the app and use promo code GMFB when you sign up. Fitzpatrick throws for the touchdown. For all the ladies out there, I'm taken. I'm sorry. Think they like playing with Fitzpatrick? It's nothing. I mean, I think we just have to stay humble. <laughs> He's going to roll with it. We got to make sure we know how to handle success and all those things. Fitzpatrick puts it right on the money. Tua trots on the field for the first time. Even Fitz is leading the ovation. Well, this is magic. Is any of that yours or is that? The chest hair is mine. <laughs> and for my wife, Get the kids to bed. It's getting late. 
It's the National Treasure, and he's coming on right now. That man you just saw was drafted by the St. Louis Rams in 2005, seventh round out of Harvard, 17 seasons in the NFL. Now he's one of the analysts for Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. You better catch him tonight in action when the Ravens take on the Buccaneers, making his Good Morning Football debut, Ryan Fitzpatrick. What's up, Ryan? How you doing? Hey, Hey, thank you for not saying leading with Harvard, losing to Princeton. I appreciate that. Okay. You know what, Ryan? We were over in four years. We never beat Harvard. I would never bring it up. Uh, Princeton did smash the Crimson last weekend, but I got nothing to say on that, dude. How did you do against Princeton? Um, I think we did fine. I think we, I want to say we won all four years. Yeah, I want to say we won all four years. That's fine. <laughs> you probably did. It wasn't a great era, but, uh, you know, from Ivy League football to Lamar Jackson, a reigning uh one of the MVPs of the league, um, Ryan. You got me. You got me flustered because of how many times we lost you in Harvard. Um, <laughs> you watch game film every single week going to the Thursday night football. I mean, it was really bad. Uh, you watch all the different quarterbacks, different types. When you sit down this week to watch Lamar film, what'd you see and what's it like to watch it? It's it's so incredible to watch him play football. It just seems like he's playing at a different speed than everybody else. Uh, you know, they're an interesting offense. They're so much different than a lot of the other teams because. They've done such a great job of using his legs and putting him into their run game. When you look at their weapons, you know, Mark Andrews is the guy. You know, they've got Bateman, they've got Duvernay, but they don't have big name receivers. uh, And they're still able to be efficient and move the ball around. So it all runs through him. Uh, I think when we're looking at their team this year, you know, there are a couple plays or situations away from being 7-0. and Um, You know, what you could say about the Bengals and a couple others too, but they have fallen off in the fourth quarter and that's going to be a big thing that they need to address and get better at going forward as the season continues. Ryan, the adjective incredible uh, would normally be applied to Tom Brady, but this year has been really challenging for the Buccaneers and their offense. They're struggling. You watch game film again, you're preparing for this pregame show. What are the problems? What are you seeing? And, And if anyone can fix it, Tom Brady must have the tools to be able to do so, right? He has to be able to, right? Like we can't, him losing three games in a row doesn't even make sense, you know? So I don't know that it's physically possible to happen, but um, I just think they're struggling with their identity right now. Who are they as an offense? And either the run game and everybody's pointing to them being last and running the ball, but the last two years they've been a bottom, you know, five, six, seven team in terms of running the ball. They need to run it enough to be able to make the play action game go. I think more play action is going to help them. That's fallen off in the last two years. Um, and then, you know, Chris Godwin and just his ability to connect with Chris. He's thrown 25 balls to him the last two weeks, and they're hitting on about 50% of those, which uh, that relationship needs to get better. They need to make sure they're connecting like they were the last few years. Um, and Mike Evans is always going to be there to produce the big play, so that won't change. Ryan, we love having you on the show. We've been doing a show for many years. And as you know, you build chemistry and friendship. So you guys, you're on the road every week. That's a whole different deal where there are dinners. There is like, oh, what are you doing Thursday morning before the game? You get like a text chain. Where are you at? You in? You land? When do you Um, take us through the Wednesday night experience with this fun new Amazon crew? I want to know who's picking up the check who's the one picking the restaurant who give us the experience with the whole gang with of course richard and carissa and tony and yourself and now big wit is always out there as well big wit big wit likes picking up the check too it's great to go to dinner with big wit (laughs) because 
he likes to do the order for everybody deal. So we just get to sit back and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a connoisseur of sorts with all the fine dining. So that's been a lot of fun. We week two with the chiefs, uh, Jeff Bezos joined us. So you can guess who picked up that check. Um, but you know, all these other, all these other experiences and nights, it's really fun for me. It's like a homecoming cause I pretty much have lived in every city. So I get to see old buddies and old yeah, teammates, yeah, yeah. but, uh, it, the chemistry aspect, that is a big thing. These Wednesday night dinners. Yeah. There's a little bit of football, a lot of family and how's the weekend going and all that, or how's the week going. But, uh, it's a group that I really like being around and. I think because we're all new at it, we still like each other. We'll see as the season progresses uh, sure. how the relationships go. <laughs> he's, he's a pro. It's great. Well, I'll tell you what, if Big Wick keeps picking up the tab, uh, I think you guys are going to continue to have some great dinners, and I'm sure there's some liquids involved in that. You just touched on it, though. Like Every game must feel like a homecoming. You're, you're probably one of the only broadcasters and former players that can go to literally any stadium, and there's a Fitzpatrick jersey yeah. Yeah. in the crowd. Somebody's coming up to you saying, hey, can you sign this? So, I'm sure that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm curious how many tickets you have to buy for every time you go to a game, too, because I'm sure you've got family or friends that, that are wanting to show up as well. But I know we've really enjoyed you as a player, and now we're all enjoying you uh, you know, as, as a broadcaster, and there's always that transition. It's always kind of tough. Like, all right, I want to be critical, but I, I, you know, I don't want to be condescending, or I, you know, I, I don't want people to mm-hmm. take things the wrong way. What have you found to be the most challenging part of talking football and talking about players that you have played with? Yeah, I think that's it. And, you know, I I point to one of the challenges pretty early on was I'm very good friends with Nathaniel Hackett. And, you know, we get the Denver game and there's been some stuff that's happened and, you know, some errors that he's made. uh, And we've got to sit up there and talk about it. You know, the guy I'm hugging before the game and talking to him and catching up with families and all that. But uh, I, I think Dan Patrick, right before I started this told me you just have to be fair. And, and I think that was really good advice. Uh, you know, not trying to be hyper hypercritical of these guys. Cause I understand, I mean, playing this position of quarterback is the most difficult thing there is. And there are times where I had successes and plenty of times where there were failures, but in my journey, I think I understand what good football looks like and what bad football looks like. Cause I've been a part of both. Um, and so I just want to give a fair assessment. I want to talk about these guys, uh, you know, make sure that everybody knows what I'm seeing. I got criticized for some of the stuff I was saying about Justin Fields, but I mean, if you look at this last game, they took 10 days off and decided, yes, we're going to design some run plays for him and use mm-hmm. his athleticism. I, I just think I love watching football and, and talking about it, especially with guys like Sherm that are so into the X's and O's of the game. Well, you have so much credibility, of course, and you have the respect of all the ex-players. The other thing you have going for you, as far as the fans are concerned, you have this relatability where you're one of the guys, you're a normal person, you're a parent, and never more so than in 2019, Ryan, you returned to Dolphins training camp, and apparently you were up a few pounds, and here was your explanation as to why. (laughs) I have seven kids, uh, so in January we have three birthdays, so we've got... You know, family birthday party, which includes cake. And then we've got a uh, friend's birthday party, which includes cake. So that's six times in January. We've got three birthdays in March, March 1st, March 6th, and March 11th, which, again, that's a tough stretch. That's cake uh, six out of, what is that, 10 or 11 days. And so um, then we've got an April birthday. So it doesn't slow down. But now that the birthdays are behind me, and I think I'm going to try to go from peak off-season form 
uh, maybe down to peak in-season form, I'll be okay. It's just magic, and everybody gets it, Ryan. We're all parents here at the table. We know the cake circuit, and then you go to the other kids' parties, and sometimes there's beers at those parties if the parents are cool. Um, how is it going in retirement with your cake ingestion? How's the weight? And how are you feeling now as a dad doing the analyst stuff? Uh, the dad as the analyst part has been great because being that it's Thursday night football, I have the weekends with my kids. So never before have we been able to sit down on Sunday and watch football. So that part actually might be hurting me because we, you know, we live in Arizona. So 10 AM games come on. So from 10 AM to 8 PM, me and my kids were basically in front of the couch, watching football, eating cheese dip. So that one might be tough to recover from, but uh, the Andrew Whitworth dinners on Wednesday nights, you know, those are going to be tough to recover from. Uh, maybe I'll start taking the stairs instead of the elevator, but uh, okay. this, this, this gig has been awesome because it, it keeps me tied into football. It allows me uh, to continue to see some of my friends, coaches, training staff around the league. And, you know, this is something that I really enjoy doing. So I can't really call it work when my homework is watching NFL football games. I love that, Ryan. And hey, just keep eating the cake. As long as you keep all that hair on the chest and all of that, nobody's going to yeah. tell the difference. You look great. The beard's flowing. But you mentioned Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos. Let's go back to that week five matchup. Fourth quarters, the fourth and one. You, they go to run the ball. I mean, they go to pass the ball, and Russell Wilson's incomplete. And after the game, our guy Richard Sherman has some stuff to say. Let's, let's check out what Sherman had to say about this play. You got to run the ball again. Like, I I mean, I wish I had Marshawn up here. Like, one yard. You need one yard. Run the ball. Run run the ball. CT. He's triggered. All he has to do is run the football. Like, (laughs) necessary criticism. I'm not, you know, I've said enough criticism for him, but God dang it, run the dang ball. Like, Learn from I, your mistakes. I don't. Can somebody fill me in? What is he yeah. referring to? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> Have you been in this situation before? Run the ball. I was with Sherm at the boot camp. We got into some of the Seattle talk. Sherm is very passionate, to say the least. What has it been like working with him each and every week? It has been awesome. I had to give him a big old hug after that one. Just get off the table and embrace. He needed. He was shaking. He was a little upset. He was triggered from some past experiences, but you know, he's a guy when you play against him all the time, you hate him. You hate Sherm. He's always talking. He's picking balls off. He just was such a great player. I didn't want anything to do with him. So then when we are now on the same team, I mean, what a great guy. Uh, It's been so much fun getting to know him. Last week we were in Arizona. I had my three brothers out. He's now one of the brothers. We're doing a brother's trip. And Sherm is coming with us. I didn't invite him. My brothers did. But now that's the kind of guy that he is. They spend a couple hours with him, and all of a sudden he's part of the family. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Awesome to watch. We are joined now by an NFL legend. He played 16 seasons in the league. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler, a four-time All-Pro, and a Pro Footballer Hall of Fame. Mm. Please welcome to the show Weapon X himself, Brian Dawkins. Doc, what's up? Good morning. Let's go. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Brian. All right, we're let's start with the current Eagles. You you can't, you cannot go anywhere else when Brian Dawkins is on the show and the yep. Eagles are undefeated. A ton of question marks this offseason, Brian, surrounding Jalen Hurts. And it felt like Hurts heard it all and wanted to provide answers to everybody. Uh, he's the leader of this undefeated team, the only one left in the NFL. What type of improvements have you seen from Jalen Hurts to quiet the doubters? What not only did Jalen hear it, I think the Eagles heard it as well because they had mm-hmm. brought a lot more talent around him in a, in a wide receiver core to make sure that he has every asset available to ha- utilize every talent that he has. He can run the football. We know that he can make people miss. We know that. But he's worked on his deep ball. He's worked on his accuracy. He's now had an offensive coordinator for two years in a row, which he hadn't had in forever. Right. So he's really I think the game is slowing down for him. And, and that's one of the things with a player in his early years that the game is so fast and you're making mistakes. But when it slows down, you're able to do the things that he does, which is it seemed to be very calm in a chaotic state and be able to make plays. Brian, I love that. And it's an honor to get a chance to talk to you. For me, as a former DB, getting to talk to a legend. And that's enough on the offensive side of the ball. Everybody's always talking about the quarterbacks. This Philadelphia Eagles defense is balling. They just got Robert Quinn over there that's going to help get after the quarterback. They're tied right now for most takeaways in the NFL. What changes have you seen and how have they been able to improve and really play well on the defense side of the ball this season? Well, first, you know, first you go into the draft and you get that big cat up front that Mr. Davis like to get him to add to that defensive front. And then you constantly are pouring in other individuals to on that defensive front to allow them to not have to blitz. But then you go out and you get someone from the Saints that I want to talk about, CJ. Like, to me, he's an absolute chess piece. And we've talked about this before in the past. Of I love chess pieces. I love, I love players to be able to do a whole bunch of different things that you can utilize in a lot of different ways. So you go get him and you go get so many other guys to, to, to formulate um, a competitive place on defense that you love to compete against, not the other team, but against your teammate. Think about that. I know for me, back in the day, I was competing against Troy. I was competing against Hugh. Like, I'm competing against guys on my team because I want to outdo them, right? Because it's a fun thing. To me, that's what you see in this team. Like, they're competing, and they're having a good time doing it, and I love it. Uh, it's it's so good having you on. Even the thought of Hugh Douglas and Troy Vincent and Brian Dawkins, I'm like, let's go. Um, 
And that's the feeling right now for Philadelphia fans, not just of the Eagles, but of also the Phillies. You know, I, pick, I live in New York City. I picked my son up from school, and there's a six-year-old kid named Iggy in the class. And Iggy's dad, Colin, is a Philly guy. And every day it's, it's an Embiid jersey, or it, it's a Bryce Harper jersey, or in this case, it is a Devontae Smith jersey. Yeah. Philly feels like it's having a moment. Brian, you're there. Can you tell us what it's like to be in Philadelphia right now? Well, it, it reminds me of when we were doing our thing at the Eagles. The Phillies were doing their things. The Flyers was doing their things. There was a lot of success happening at, when AI was still with the Sixers. So it reminds me of that time, the electricity in the city and the, the hopefulness in the city of bro- brotherly love. So there's a lot of love happening in the city of brotherly, brotherly love right now. And like, yeah, enjoying the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, when I picture an Eagles fan, just in my mind, if I close my eyes, they got a hooded sweatshirt on and the hood sticking out the back, and there's a number 20 Dawkins jersey over them. It's always the Dawkins. They've had so many great players now, before. They love you there, Doc. Take us, give us more. Early 2000s, <clears throat> four straight NFC title games. You finally break through. You beat Michael Vick and the Falcons, and you had the signature play of the era, which was the hit on Algie Crumpler. Take us back to the hit, and what do you remember about that day? Well, I remember about the day. First of all, it was cold, and throughout the whole week, everybody kept talking about the Atlanta's defense, so I felt disrespected, which I loved because I, yep. I was able to use that in the game. And so that hit came off of the fact of feeling disrespected. So I knew somebody was going to get it. I didn't know who it was going to be, but it just so <laughs> happened to be my good friend, Algie. <laughs> Oh, so good. Doc, we do segments uh, every week here on Way to Play, and, and you were a big-time hitter, but you did it the right way. And, mm-hmm. and, and I tell you, uh, it was you were always a fierce competitor. I used to love watching you come out, your little pregame intro. Um, and as players, look, we all know that at some point, like, you're probably going to play for another team or your career is going to get cut short or you're going to have to retire. At some point, it comes to an end. But for you – you had to go to Denver, play for the Broncos, and come back to Philly. I want to go back to that night because, you know, everybody leading up to that, it was, hey, Doc's coming back, and, and nobody is more loved in a city than you are down in Philadelphia. But uh, the city of brotherly love, you know, for other co- competitors coming back, you never know what to get, yep. what you're going to get. You, met, you, you didn't go out for warm-ups, right? You were so emotional. Tell us about that day and going back to the link as a Bronco. What was that like? I, it was tough. It was brutal. It was brutal. It was absolute brutal to come back to a place that I had played and poured my heart onto the field night in and night out, year in, year out. And then to be in the visitor's ton- tunnel, I just couldn't come out for warm ups. I was tearing up too much, crying too much, and I had to get, get my emotions under control. And so that was the first and only time that I did not come out for warm ups is coming back here to Philadelphia. Because again, it was such a it was such a tug at my emotions. You know, I was excited to play the game, but then again, you're playing against my teammates. You're excited to play in front of the fans, but then, you know, they're going to be probably booing you at some point during the game because you're an opposing team now. So it was a whole bunch of um, feelings fighting against one another that I had to keep under control as much as I could. And I couldn't, and that's why I didn't come out for warm-ups. Mm-hmm. Kyle mentioned it. You're one of the most beloved Eagles players of all time. You're one of the most beloved Philly sports figures of all time. And now you're a part of a program with the Eagles, raising awareness to risk factors for type 2 diabetes and promoting healthy life choices. Tell us more about that program and why it's so personal to you. Well, just the title itself. 
tackling your health. Like what else do we need? We just talked about big hits and all of those things. So for me, tackling your health, health is about being aggressive. It's about having a game plan. So none of us went into any game for those who played the game of football. None of us has ever gone into any game without having a game plan. In order for us to have a game plan with our health, we have to reach out to the right individuals, know our risk factors as it pertains to diabetes and visiting your doctors on a regular basis, not just when something's wrong, but visiting throughout the year at different times to make sure that you were, you're where you need to be, especially if you have a history in your family of, of diabetes. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.